African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Good morning, it's a new week right here on Channel Africa, the voice of... Oops, 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 I really need to get used to this. We've got a new, new identity here on Channel Africa. It's no longer the voice of the African Renaissance. I can't say that I'm not saddened by this, but I think change is good. So I'm going to get used to this, calling it Channel Africa, the African perspective. Perspective. And you also as the listener have to get used to that Remember you're listening to us on the frequency 9625 kilohertz On the 31 meter band to Southern Africa As well on DSTV on channel 802 on the audio bouquet uh, Remember you can also stream us live on our website www.channelafrica.co.za This is Channel Africa, South Africa's international radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. Listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese and Chinyanja. Nam, kwenye line ya simu, hivi sasa najiunga moja kwa moja. Farafina. Farafina. Terre de Soleil. Está na companhia do serviço em língua portuguesa do canal África, a voz de Renascença Africana que transmite a partir dos seus estudos centrais de Auckland Park, cidade de Johannesburg, África do Sul. Sochitika, Mu África! Informing the world about Africa, Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Well, I have to get used to that. You heard in that uh, promo all our French uh, colleagues and our Chinyanja colleagues, all our various languages. It seems like people are have they actually know this new identity. I have to get used to it. We're no longer Channel Africa uh, the, of the African Renaissance. Now we call Channel Africa of the African perspective. And yeah, that's what we want to tell you, the narrative of the African story. Well, today the story is looking at South Africa. We know there's a big hoo-ha drama as usual in South Africa, where South African President Jacob Zuma has been criticized in various parts of uh, the South African uh, society on his cabinet reshuffle. South African President Jacob Zuma sacked his popular finance minister, Pravin Gordon, late Thursday in yesterday. I don't know if it was Thursday or if it was even Friday morning. There was kind of this huge conversation happening the next morning. It was almost like this midnight gathering where there was this huge decision to change the cabinet. And 
and uh, it is said to be part of a larger cabinet reshuffle which could deepen divisions within the ruling ANC party and also fear uh, put fear into investors. Uh, Finance Minister Pravin Gordon who has clashed with Zuma for months over graft and public spending was replaced by Home Affairs Minister Malusi Kikaba. We know that he has a big big uh, uh, reputation for being the fashionable guy on social media. Uh, A relatively unknown figure with little finance experience and when we talk about unknown figure he's very known in terms of the politics of South Africa but internationally he still doesn't have that prowess that Pravin Gordon had. Uh, Zuma also made changes at 10 of the country's 35 ministers including energy, police and tourism. Some of the ministers are newcomers while others are moved to new portfolios. That's also questionable in terms of productivity of productivity rather in these portfolios. Some were left who were regarded by the communities in South Africa as not being effective. Now let's bring in our guests to really unpack this situation. We've got uh, uh, Levin Do who's joining us on the line who is uh, uh, politics and public policy lecturer at the Tswana University of Technology. We also have uh, Andre Duvenach who is uh, a political commentator in South Africa and also the director for the Institute of Research at the University of the Northwest. We've got Dr. Somadota Figeni who's an independent political commentator as well. I want to start the conversation with you Mr. Levy in terms of looking at this uh, situation. It was almost people were kind of trying to figure out what was the reasoning behind the cabinet reshuffle and that was the big question on Friday and the question around certain ministers who were cited the big name was Batabile Jamini because of what happened in terms of the Sasa case where there was a huge uh, uh, conversation around that. So the why was the big question last week Friday? Good morning, Benjamin. Good morning to uh, my colleagues and good morning to the listeners of Channel Africa. I think one uh, has to look firstly at um, the constitution of the Republic. That the constitution of South Africa gives the president the powers to hire ministers and to fire them. So first of all, uh, one must first indicate that uh, what President Zuma has done is within his constitutional powers uh, as the President of the Republic. But when one has to look at the real issue now is that you will recall that when President Zuma came to power in 2009, he introduced the, 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 the signing of performance contracts by different ministers so that on a regular basis, their performance will then be, be assessed by the president and then take a decision whether they should actually be removed or not. But then obviously, um, when a reshuffling has to occur, uh, like this one, you would then get uh, uh, people or ordinary citizens being suspicious of what would have informed this kind of a reshuffling. Firstly, Pravin Gordon is one of those ministers that has been uh, considered to be doing very, very well uh, in terms of the responsibility given to him by the President and the Republic, and also ensuring that our economy remains stable. And he was one of those senior ministers that in terms of performance and respect from all corners of society, he actually fit the grade. But then another aspect that will make uh, 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 the president maybe 
two have removed uh, Kevin Gordon would have been to to look at the relationship that existed between the two. Mm-hmm. You will then realize that the removal of Kevin Gordon did not come as a shock to South Africans. Mm-hmm. There has been a sour relationship that existed between the finance minister and the, the, the president. And that has been going on for some time. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be one other reason why the, the removal of Kevin Gordon from the position. Mm. Well, Another let me, uh, sure. one, which will be the, the third one, mm. the last one, would be that President Zuma might also be trying to position his camp. Uh, uh, you would know that we're all moving towards, uh, the ANC is moving towards the elective conference. Yes. Now, he might be trying to put certain individuals in certain strategic positions so that uh, uh, the these individuals can then influence the outcome of the conference come from uh, December uh, uh, this year, mm-hmm. so that uh, uh, the control of the ANC should actually be in the hands of those that President Zuma favors. Mm. Let me move this to Dr. Soma Dr. Figeni. Your thoughts about this reshuffle? I mean, the first uh, cabinet reshuffle was in 2010. We had one two years later, 2012, another in 2013, and then also uh, one in 2016. This is the fifth cabinet reshuffle with even more anticipated repercussions for the country when a lot of people are talking about the economy and the status, especially when people are coming to that nuclear energy deal because there seems to be time running out for some people saying this is Jacob Zuma's plan uh, to actually seal that particular plan? Well, this cabinet reshuffle, as my colleague has indicated, has many dimensions, most of which are political. In the first place, I do think that the kinds of reshuffles that we've seen since 2009 have never been seen before at any time in South Africa. Mm. And to my recollection, after and before 1994. And it has created a sense of insecurity, instability, because at times, whenever you have such covenant reshuffles, then it follows that the next person may be suspicious of the DG they are inheriting, of the chief directors they are inheriting, and uh, of the PAs that they are inheriting, including the furniture. (laughs) So even furniture (laughs) get reshuffled. Uh, And uh, then the strategy document gets reshuffled. Mm. That has created an incapacity, uncertainty, and lack of confidence on the part of your bureaucrats and civil service Mm. because they are not so sure whether to serve the institutional memory Mm. of the same ruling party or to serve the personality preferences of the leader who is there at a given time. That in itself has created a big challenge. This time around, it's a big shake-up, which I suspect it's not the end of it because something will give. Either you see more people being fired or resigning Mm -hmm. before the end of the year. Mm. And you will have had a major shake-up 
in many ways. Mm. Then the next one is the main focus here was Treasury and other departments which have huge, uh, you know, infrastructure budgets, procurements, and mm -hmm. so forth. Mm -hmm. Every other thing, it's more of a collateral damage. Mm -hmm. The main focus was Treasury. But now it is the clumsiness of how this thing was managed mm -hmm. that is the main issue. The first one. You had the hawk saying, Pravin Godam, who are investigating you. Mm -hmm. Then NPA said, Pravin Godam, we are charging you. Within a week, no, we're sorry, we are withdrawing the charges. Mm -hmm. uh, upon review, we have realized that we ought not to have. Then the next one, we are investigating you, so don't be too relaxed. Then the next one, there is this intelligence report. You know that at a commonsensical level, mm. intelligence, if it is good intelligence, mm. normally would set a trap if it knew that you were going to be in a certain meeting and talk things which are compromising the government, mm. so that it comes back saying, we have proof. Evidence, sure. You don't say, I preempted, because the moment you walked into that meeting, the government was going to be overthrown, as if the people were meeting some rebels who were armed with RGP rockets somewhere. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> it is the clumsiness. The president could have simply gone to the ANC leadership. Guys, as you have seen, I'm not working very well with my finance minister. Mm -hmm. And I would like to shift him to uh, another portfolio of less significance because right now I have major programs that I want to drive before I step down. Mm. Simple. Let me take this conversation to you, um, Mr. Dwevenach, in terms of looking at uh, uh, the power dynamics that we're seeing right now within the ruling party, the ANC, whereby you're seeing political kind of shifts within the NEC, especially coming out in terms of what the leaders have spoken within the ANC uh, about this particular uh, cabinet reshuffle. Secretary General Gwete Mantaja said on Friday morning that he was not happy with the list. That was something that was drawn up from somewhere else. And also we heard uh, the deputy president of the country, Cyril Ramaphosa, coming out say he disagrees on the fact that uh, uh, Pravin Godan was removed from his seating. And also then you get uh, uh, another member from the, uh, the the NEC uh, Duarte, Ms. Duarte saying listen, we support the president. So you're seeing different dynamics coming from the NEC which show a huge fragmentation and a lack of unity within the leadership. Benjamin, yes, your summary is quite right. Uh, the ANC and the broad church of the ANC is a highly divided organization at the moment and clearly these divisions are not going to, uh, to, get, to go away very soon. My take on the situation that we are not only even in the middle of the fight where we are standing now. And if you just look at the divisions, you will find the, the president there with the security cluster on the one side. And the security cluster is playing a very important role. Secondly, we have the Premier's League 
we have a number of influential bureaucrats and politicians throughout the country working for uh, President Zuma and his group. There is the Youth League, there is the Women's League. On the other side, you have at least 50% of the top six going against Zuma, but also important provinces thinking about Gauteng, Limpopo, and the Eastern Cape. And then we're also looking at uh, the SACP, mm. which is very prominent in this fight at the moment, mm. together with uh, groupings from within Kosatu. Mm. And if you ask me about the outcome of this power play, mm. my take on it is that this is probably the most difficult position Zuma was in ever. And mm. I cannot see him surviving over the longer term. Although he may play a number of tactical shots and get out of some difficulties mm. in the near future, but on the longer term, towards the end of the year, he is in trouble. For me, the big question is, can the ANC survive this ordeal? Mm. And I'm not so sure about this. My take on the situation is that Zuma is currently facing an onslaught from at least four sectors. Mm. Within the context of the ANC, and specifically the NEC, it is Parliament with a motion of no confidence and also the possibility of impeachment. Then there's the grand swell we are looking at at all levels of society, mm. mobilizing currently against the president. And then there's also legal processes against him thinking about the spy tapes, etc. So his position is a very, very difficult position. For him, he needs to change the cabinet in order to survive. And the biggest thorn in his flesh is the Minister of Finance and control over the threat. The new peer deal is in the core of this whole thing. But his aim is to get a position in the national conference of the ANC where he can dominate or at least his people, people close to him, can dominate the national conference and ensure him a position of continuing as president of the country until 2019. Mm, very interesting insights coming from our guests. That's the voice of uh, Andre Dovena, who is the director for the Institute uh, Research at the University of uh, uh, the Northwest. And also we've got Dr. Somadota Figeni, independent uh, political uh, commentator, and Levindor, also a commentator who is uh, aligned with the uh, University of Technology as politics and a public policy lecturer. I want to unpack some of the thoughts that are actually brought out there by Mr. Dovenach because we we know that uh, previously the current president of South Africa has had a very much powerful stronghold in terms of mobilizing grassroots politics of South Africa in terms within the ANC. He just has a big influence within that uh, area. Is this dismantling the strength that he has there? We've already heard uh, uh, some of members of the ANC this morning mobilizing support for Jacob Zuma. So what will happen now? Will that actually dismantle that particular strength that uh, the current president has. We're going to deal with that after this break. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. 
from an African perspective. Listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese, and Chinyanja, informing the world about Africa. Well, you are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. It's no longer the voice of the African Renaissance. I have to get used to this. And uh, it is uh, the African perspective. That is Channel Africa, the African perspective. I have to get used to it. I'll get used to it over time because we've changed our logo. If you want to check out our new logo, go to our Twitter handle at Channel Africa 1 or at African Dialogue. And I'm going to actually have to come to you, Dr. Asoma Dota Figeni, just to look at some of those uh, views that were brought by our uh, Andre Duvenach, because we know that there is a network of influence within the ANC, and it really comes back to grassroots politics within what's happening in the political party. Do you see, um, after this reshuffle and with all the issues of um, uh, Jacob Zuma's relationship with the Guptas and him wanting to have control over that uh, uh, finance ministry, do you think that he will maintain his uh, strength within his influence? Progressively, the president has been losing influence and grasp as it should be, even if he was not limping from one scandal to the other. When you serve your second term, and when it is the second half of your second term and the last term, Mm -hmm. influence tends to move away from you because you no longer have the long-term security Mm -hmm. of many politicians. Mm or even your patronage networks. They start drifting away. The only thing that he has extended is a promise that someone close to him might be installed. Mm -hmm. And that is a promise that those next to him have sort of extended. Should that not be the case or become obvious that it will not necessarily be the case, or the next person start indicating that they are independent of his influence, his influence will erode faster. The second one, the tripartite alliance, in fact, the irony here is that everything that was promised as a reason for ousting Mbeki mm-hmm. has come back in steroids. Mm-hmm. It was Mbeki has governmentalized the ANC. ANC was no longer the center of influence. It was union building. Mm-hmm. Guess what has happened? The same thing. Mm-hmm. It was Mbeki was now threatening the SACP and uh, even your tripartite alliance mm-hmm. were looking for someone who will be a glue. Mm-hmm. Right now, those have actually fractured to a point where Kosatu is facing uh, being challenged by the very breakaway groups because it could not be sustained. Mm-hmm. SACP is calling for him to step down as we speak. Kosatu is meeting today mm-hmm. probably to do the same. The fourth one is uh, the use of uh, the securitization of the state mm-hmm. and the over-reliance on law enforcement entities to fight political battles. You're beginning to see that in many ways. So those have led to the erosion and on a year for succession battles, that was to be expected, and that the breakaway will become very clear. Parliament now is drifting away from the mm. president. Mm. Increasingly, around the chief week, Jackson Mtembe and others, the ANC caucus is speaking a different language of saying, we want to be professional and assertive. Mm. 
And if the executive is to be held accountable, it will be held accountable irrespective of who is the SABC we saw. Uh, I mean, we saw. And uh, that in itself is a signal that the president is losing ground and very often the president is retreating to KZ and his original base, which in itself is not as secured as we used to think because Senzom Tuno had won almost 40%. Mm-hmm or 45%, and you do have people like Tyler who are still unhappy with the Zuma leadership. Now you do have Zolim Kize. So it's a lot more complex picture than we think. Mm. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Somadota Figeni. Let me take that question to you as well, uh, Mr. Levindo, in terms of your thoughts around the influence, especially when it comes to the grassroots nature uh, that propels influence for uh, the ANC leadership. Well, uh, Benjamin, I think the most important aspect as well, um, uh, as indicated by uh, Dr. Shikeni, is the fact that uh, in the alliance, the divisions and the dissatisfaction on how President Zuma is running his affairs is quite evident. And he, there, on numerous occasions, there are decisions that have been taken by the president where the members of the alliance would not go openly and criticize them. But at this stage, uh, the SACT has not only criticized President Zuma, they went further to say President Zuma has to step down. And also, historically, when you look at the number of, 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 uh, of uh, scandals that are associated with President Zuma, you will then realize that he is gradually losing support from within the ANC and from ordinary citizens on the ground. You just mentioned Mm. the name of President Zuma, you will then see the reaction of the people on the ground. Mm. And I think as well, it is now up to the ANC, the divided ANC, to take a decision that must actually uh, confirm that indeed the ANC leads, and the ANC is the leader of society. Mm-hmm. If indeed the ANC is listening to the views of the ordinary citizens and the ANC is the leader of the society, they would not condone the president who will take decisions and impose them on the ANC, whilst the ANC itself has actually made it clear that they do not support this kind of decisions. Mm. And I think that is one other uh, important aspect that the ANC has to look at. But one other area that we need to look at as well is that there seems to be an element of not trusting most people by President Zuma, especially those within the party. Mm. And we'll actually uh, see this by the way in which uh, uh, senior government officials and ministers have been moved around. And I think uh, one would say he does not seem to to want to see a person or a minister who would who is comfortable in his or a portfolio, mm-hmm. and that's why he would actually be moving these uh, ministers around so that while they are focusing on their responsibilities, he actually focuses on 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 uh, uh, consolidating his power in the ANC, which is actually losing on a regular basis. Mm. But another aspect, Benjamin, is that 
President Zuma does not seem to to understand the concerns of ordinary citizens on the ground. If you look at his cabinet reshufflement, it has left a lot of people amazed because there are those ministers that are known to be performing at all. Mm-hmm. We've actually brought a lot of trouble to the to the nation, and what President Zuma did was just to leave them as they are, and, or, or just move the other from one portfolio to the other. And that actually deepens the confusion mm, mm. and misunderstanding amongst ordinary citizens mm. in South Africa. Well, I'm, I'm going to come to Mr. Andre now, and then I'll come to Dr. Theo Fenter after, who's just joining us on our program. He's a political and policy analyst from also the University of Northwest. But let me stick with you, Andre, in terms of looking at another element that we're seeing today. Today is called the Black Monday, where there is various uh, civil uh, union organizations uh, that are gathering together to actually really reject the firing of uh, the former finance minister, Gordon, and actually are standing against this particular cabinet reshuffle. So you're also seeing civil society becoming a factor within that. My personal opinion is that the Black Monday, like today, is called hashtag Black Monday. It's just a middle-class attempt to forge a, a lazy coup d'etat because if you don't achieve that mobilization of the poor, it's actually not actually a, a revolution of sorts. But you do see that uh, kind of flashback from the middle class here. Yes, I think you can you can see it that way. Uh, my take on the situation is that the resistance against President Zuma has reached the point where even at a grassroots level, people are prepared to mobilize. And that is a clear indication that the conflict is escalating, that the conflict is not only among the political elites of the country. Therefore, my argument, and I'm in agreement with the previous uh, presenter, that Mm. uh, we are in a position to see Zuma losing power. On a constant basis, he's now losing power within the framework of the ANC, within government, and also among the public. If you would like to call that a revolution, that will be dependent on your definition Mm. of a revolution. Mm. But clearly, there's strong resistance against the president, and the resistance is on the increase. Mm. Let me bring Dr. Fenter into the conversation, and we're speaking about the consequences of this cabinet reshuffle. And another area that I want to touch on, and moving slightly away from the unrest we're seeing within the political party and also in South African society, is also the trust of our intelligence uh, profession in South Africa because every time there seems to be a sense of conspiracy and a a sense of leadership change, we always see these uh, intelligence reports coming out and also discrediting some members within the ruling party. And there's a lot of questioning now of the intelligence in South Africa, Dr. Finter. Hi, Benjamin. Let me just put the record straight. I'm a mister and Andre is actually a professor. Oh, okay. But, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. I apologize. No, no. Okay. Uh, I, I should actually get away from all that and we just chill and have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, 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 your question is a very good one because it reflects on a very important element of the Zuma presidency and that is control of the intelligence services. You see... Um, Zuma and the 
previous two speakers mentioned that, but Zuma is actually currently built on a presidency based on loyalty and not merit. Loyalty mm. and not efficiency. So mm. everything is loyalty. The first thing he did was to fire the, um, the bosses at SSA and all the other institutions, reorganize and get people that is actually loyal to his position. And these intelligence reports, like uh, I think it was uh, Deputy President Ramaphosa or somebody else that said, it's not very intelligent intelligence. It is useless stuff. Neither me nor Andre in mm. our academic positions mm. would pass a first year with that kind of crap. Mm. It is nonsense. Mm. And, but it is not the first time that we see it. Basically, what it does, if you need to take dead aim at an opponent, you produce something like that. And then you provide it with credence, and then you provide it with some uh, Twitter trolls, and you provide it mm. with some media speculation. Mm. And before, before we open our eyes, we have in South Africa currently the same kind of fake news enterprise that Donald Trump produced in the USA. So mm. it's extremely difficult for the average citizen to make out what is fact and what is not. Who is talking the truth and who is not. And, and this, this, uh, in, in this um, situation, the media plays a very important role. And um, uh, also, the intelligence community shouldn't play this political role. That's not their position. Their mm. position is to determine an external threat. Mm. Their position is to determine all other kinds of things. They should stay out of politics. But our experience also in the previous regime with... Prior to 1994, mm -hmm. the intelligence communities do get involved. And, and that brings me to a point that I would like to make, finalizing this point on the intelligence communities. Mm -hmm. um, I'm old enough to have witnessed the, the, the end of the Pierre Bota era mm -hmm. in 89. Mm -hmm. I have this deja vu feeling that Zuma is doing exactly what Pierre did. A little bit different, but mm -hmm. basically the same thing. He's... He's consolidating his position, but as you consolidate your position, and Andre is, is very correct in that, you actually weaken your position. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, a, it's a contradiction, but that is what happens in politics. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're going to wrap it up with you, Professor Andre Duvenach. I apologize for that error, and uh, you, Mr. Theofender. And we're going to take a quick break quickly, and then we're just going to wrap it up and seeing the way forward, maybe just to see what we could actually unpack about what we could see as possibilities in the next weeks to come. We have great news for you. Channel Africa has gone mobile. If you have a cell phone, you can now download the mobile app for Android. You can get it on Google Play. Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspectives. That's it. That's what it is now. That's what we call ourselves, Channel Africa, the African perspective. And uh, I need to get it right. Oh, I'm going to get it right in the next few days, definitely. But we love giving you the African perspective. Today, we've been focusing on South Africa. And uh, joining us now, we've got uh, Professor Andrew Duvenach and also um, uh, Mr. Theo Fender, who are on the line still. Uh, Professor Duvenach, just to wrap it up with you and uh, Mr. Fender, how do we see the next few weeks, months, 
months the rest of the year unfolding before us it seems like uh, it's not as how we predicted it especially before this reshuffle there was a lot of uncertainty before this cabinet reshuffle but I think uh, you know it seems like uh, as some predictions have been made that uh, the president of South Africa Jacob Zuma is digging a hole for himself here well, I think a number of things. In the first place, the battle is going to intensify, and the battle is going to intensify in a number of areas within the context of the ANC, specifically the National Executive Committee of the ANC. We have seen the motion of no confidence tabled against the President in Parliament, also the possibility of impeachment, and then we are talking at the mobilization at the grassroots level as well as other legal processes. My take on the situation is that President Zuma won't go into a fight ill-prepared. He's well-prepared for this fight, and he has a number of factors which make him still a strong candidate even today, despite the fact that he is losing power. And my scenario on him is that he's going to fight until a winded, uh, like a winded leopard, and he will take it most probably towards the national conference if possible. But on the other side, his vulnerable point is when it comes to Parliament. And we know that 48 ANC members voting together with all opposition parties can make him end his term as president. And that is, to me, the biggest risk. And if the National Executive Committee of the ANC will support a motion of no confidence against the president, then we will see the end of Jacob Zuma. But at this point, it is a 50-50 scenario, and I believe that there is a possibility that Zuma can survive until the national conference. Mr. Fenter, your final sentiments in a minute or so, just uh, to wrap up yes, the conversation. In, in, sure. in 2012, during Mangaung, uh, Jacob Zuma did a very interesting thing. He took out political insurance. He handpicked the National Working Committee and he handpicked the National Executive Committee. Both those two decision-making bodies support Zuma roughly with about 70% of the membership. Unless that change, Zuma is fairly safe and he will continue doing what he's doing. Andre is correct. All of these other things are important, but that's part of the political noise. That's part of the climate being created. But in my view, it is an ANC decision and an ANC decision only whether Zuma stays or whether he goes. None of the other things will be effective unless those two institutions have a change of art. Well, thank you both for giving us your time. That was uh, our final voice there on this conversation. Uh, Mr. Theo Fenter joining us from the University of the Northwest, as well as Professor Andre Duvenach there joining us both from the University of the Northwest. What are your thoughts? Uh, what are the consequences that you're seeing with this uh, uh, cabinet reshuffle? This cabinet reshuffle has been a dramatic one. It's created a societal uproar. Uh, I don't think any other uh, 
cabinet reshuffle has created such a noise in the politics arena. But give us your thoughts. Remember, visit us on our Twitter account at Channel Africa 1 or at African Dialogue. Or you can give us your thoughts by SMSing us, telling us what you think of our programming on plus 27796957930. This is Channel Africa, the African perspective. The more I say that, the more I'll get it right. Well, we're going to wrap it up with music from the beautiful legend who has a call for us as a continent. Aluta Continua, which means the struggle continues. It's by Miriam Makeba. Someone.